You see, I appreciate the wonderful words from Pastor Norm and uh, acknowledge that absolutely. I do not consider myself the guest speaker here today. I do not consider myself the guest speaker because I'm looking to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the everlasting, everlasting, Yeshua HaMashiach, the lily in the valley, the rose of Sharon. His name is wonderful. His name is Counselor. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. He is here. God says what he means, and he means what he says. Jesus is here. He honors his word. So just one more time, I want to acknowledge the Lord of Lords and King of Kings and say, dear God, have right away be exalted. We thank you for your presence. It's all about you, Jesus. We give you praise. Amen. Have a seat, please. <laughs> want to do a commercial before we get started? And it won't take long, but I want to just highlight some books I have in print. They're on the book table here in the foyer. These two books are lessons from Bible characters, easy lessons for a living. When you take the Word of God, you put it in your heart, and you apply it, you become a wise man. You become a wise woman because the Word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is life. There's life in the Word of God. Easy lessons for a living. And they are available in Spanish if you speak Spanish or have any Spanish-speaking friends. Pushing Against Darkness, my latest book. Editorials on morality and ethics, Christianity, Islam, nature, political affairs, news media, globalist policies, national cover-ups, the military, United Nations, Israel, miscellaneous commentaries. I'm going to say up front, if you are politically correct, this book is not for you. Don't get this book. You won't like it. I'm telling you right now. God's Word Bulletproof, Content Line Prophetic Fulfillment, Archaeological Evidence, Science and Common Sense Reasoning, Proof the Bible. I wanted to have something to put in somebody's hand who says, with sincerity, how do I know God is true? How do I know Jesus is true? Read this book. You should come to the right conclusion. If you don't, then get your pulse checked or get a brain scan. The evidence for God is overwhelming. It takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a believer. I'm sorry. Truth is absolute. It always proves its course now and in eternity. And you better get that right. And you build your house on lies, it's going to fall. Stand up for God. It has a Navy SEAL trident on it. If you have anybody in the military, like a son, daughter, niece, nephew, someone that is a Christian and trying to live for God, great book to put in their hands. Nothing complex, simple to the point, but some things in here that will be edifying and encouraging to them to stand up for God. Supernatural testimonies. These people were in dire situations. They didn't know which way to turn, but they turned to Jesus. He's always the answer, not a answer. Always the answer. Some remarkable testimonies. Testimonies of ex-Muslims. These were testimonies of Muslims that became Christians and reasons why. They understood truth was more important than sincerity. You can be sincerely wrong and go straight to hell. And if you don't know much about Islam, the introduction will give you a good summary. All these pictures on this book came from Afghanistan. Every picture on the back and on the front. 
I purposely put the women with the blue burkas on the back cover because they are really second-class citizens in this religion. Nothing intended. If you look at the Quran, you'll see what I'm talking about. That's a story in itself, and I'm not trying to be ill in any manner, but truth is truth. I learned something about political correctness. Number one, it'll take souls straight to hell, and number two, it'll take nations and put that nation into a ditch. And then there's the book, Walking with God, a daily devotional, uh, basically a sermon for each day of the year. I remember going for Eye of the Eagle. I was going for a run, coming back, coming back to my desk at lunchtime. I just start writing. You won't find many books like this in a Christian bookstore. There is something for each day of the year. It's encapsulated in about eight stanzas. It'll give you a sermon for each day of the year. So, with that being said, end of commercial. Praise you, Jesus. And Pastor Norm, in reference to my background, for somebody uh, who doesn't know my background, I did 22 years in the Navy, retired as a Navy commander, uh, former Navy SEAL, assigned, I, I was assigned to SEAL Team 2, SEAL Team 3, SEAL Team 5, other special warfare commands. I have lived for certain periods of time in Egypt, Jordan, Israel, Panama, South Korea, Liberia, Sudan, Somalia, Sinai, Afghanistan. I'm going to tell you something, Somalia, Mogadishu, Somalia is one dangerous place. A lot of people may not see that on the news over the course of time, but it is a dangerous place. Besides serving in numerous other countries in the world, I've done a lot of exciting things. I've done a lot of parachuting. I've done a lot of scuba diving, daytime, nighttime dives. Uh, I've, I've jumped out of helicopters. I've worked with demolitions in water and on land. Done a lot of exciting things, but the most exciting thing was in my life when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior and has not changed. And I hope you can say the same thing. And if you can't, before you leave today, you need to. And I tell you, there's nothing more important. Absolutely nothing important. And I came to realize that Jesus was not a picture on the wall. He wasn't a statue on the lawn. He's a living God. He lives. He is real. There's a reality to the afterlife. Praise you, Jesus. Bow your heads and we're going to go ahead and get started here. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we look into the message today, I want to convey what you want conveyed. It's all about you, Lord, and we look to you. And I'm asking you to speak through me right now the words you want shared, the words you want us to receive, and then to apply to our lives and be doers of the word and not hearers only. And we give you all praise and thanksgiving. Father, in the name of Jesus, we all agree. Amen. amen. Now, I want to highlight to you, last year we went through this COVID year. And some things just came to my mind when I looked at Revelations 1.6. It says we've been made kings and priests. I'm leading into my message, but I wanted to share this up front. These are things God put on my heart that I wanted to share with you today. You see, religion prepares man to leave earth, but the kingdom empowers man to dominate. You see, Revelation 1.6 says we've been made kings and priests. As a priest, I can intercede for somebody else. I can intercede for my nation. But what does a king do? He has dominion. He issues decrees. He ordains, and things are put into action. And the Word of God says that we've been made kings and priests. So you see, religion focuses on heaven. Oh, I like the songs. When we all get to heaven, what a wonderful day that will be. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Great songs. Appreciate it. But this is what I'm trying to say. The kingdom focuses in on earth. 
God's in the present business, and he wants to take more people with you, if you're a Christian, to eternity and heaven's home. It's all said and done. The only hope anybody, anybody has is Jesus Christ and him alone. Only hope. There are no other courses to heaven. Many people today, other courses lead to heaven. Just live a good life or whatever they want to do. Sorry, that's put out from the pits of hell. Truth is absolute. Two plus two equals? You could tell me five, six, seven, eight, but there's a correct answer. And Acts 4.12 says, no other name, which man must be saved, but through Jesus Christ. God, what do you mean by no other name? God says what he means, and he means what he says. You get to heaven through Jesus, or you don't get there. And when the bell goes in the 12th round and the fight's over and the decision is rendered, many people who have heard this gospel and refuted it will remember, will remember they were on the wrong side of the decision. You need to get right with God now because salvation is now. You see, religion is reaching up to God, but the kingdom is coming down to man. Religion wants to escape earth, but the kingdom seeks to bring heaven to earth. Because it comes to this, God wants to establish heaven on earth through people. We are to implement, implement strategies of heaven on earth because God's original purpose was to establish a manifestation of his heavenly kingdom on earth without coming to earth himself. Man was to rule and implement. We're to be the head and not the tail. Washington, get in line. We're the remnant of God and we've spoken. We've decreed it's not going to be this way, devil. You're not going to have our nation. Bow your heads and we'll pray for our nation right now one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are the church. We are your people. We are kings and priests unto you. And in our kingship assignment, we decree that America will be saved. We decree that America will get in alignment with your will and purposes. We decree that America will raise up and grasp God again. We decree a reversal of what's going on. We decree that a corruption will be exposed and justice will be rendered. We decree that America will go the way of God. We intercede and say, devil, you will not have this land because I have authority over you and you will obey. We have decreed in the name of Jesus and we come in a corporate agreement. Thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. The title of my message is Survive the Storm. I'm going to go to the key scripture. I've got a number of scriptures. Just want to back up some things I'm saying. If anything I say isn't backed up by the word of God, I'm not worth listening to. And Pastor Norm wouldn't have me here and Pastor Barbara wouldn't have me here if I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you the word and back up my words with the word. My key scripture, Luke 6, 47 through 49. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, and dig deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great." You see, I'm going to give you an illustration in reference to what I just read. Concerning the leaning tower of Pisa in Italy, the word Pisa means marshy land, which gives some clue as to why the tower began to lean before it was completed. 
its foundation was only 10 feet deep. Foundation. Why do we have two Christians? One is here and one is over here. They both believe in Jesus. They both have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But this Christian over here with similar trials and tribulations goes through and gets the victory. They overcome. There's just something about their walk. This one over here is always down in the dumps. Can't seem to get the victory. Can't seem to get over things. Why? Why? Because it's not just accepting Jesus. It's being a doer of the word. That gives you the solid foundation. This one is a doer of the word. This one really is not. It's a hearer. And it goes and looks in the mirror and walks away and forget what it just saw. Praise you, Jesus. So a solid foundation. To survive a storm, one must lay a solid foundation. And life, that means solid foundation on God's word. That has got to be our foundation. We do not go by appearances. We do not go by emotions. We go by the word of God. What does the word say? What does the word say? That's Jesus speaking to us when we read the word. He's standing next to you, and he's reading that word to you. He's speaking to you when you read this word, because Jesus and the word are one. We have different storms in life, spiritual storms, financial storms, health-related or medical storms, marital storms, career or job-related storms, family or neighbor problem storms, COVID-19 storms, storms that could be coming to America. So everybody, welcome to planet Earth when you got born. That means eventually you're going to face some kind of a storm in your life because the devil is doing the operation today. And if not, your flesh is going to get you in trouble sooner or later if you haven't come to Jesus. Being a doer of the word, James 1.22. Thank you, Jesus. Being a doer of the word, not hearers only, deluding your own selves. That means to fear not and to act in faith. And everybody watching this, I want to stress that word, fear not. It's over 300 t- times in the Bible. Over, all God has to do is say it once, but when he says it over 300 times, fear not. He's making a point, folks. That's one of the strategies of the devil who put fear on you in a heartbeat. He's not, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And everybody listening to me, if you're living in fear... The spirit of fear, God has not given that to you. That comes from the opposition. He's given you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And I would just encourage any others, if you have any doubt, Hebrews 10.25 says, forsake not the gathering yourselves. We need to gather in corporate manner because there's a corporate anointing when we come in a corporate agreement. There are other things I could say in that vein, but I encourage those, forsake not the gathering of yourselves. Praise you, Jesus. Isaiah 41.10. Excuse me, did I, I skip that? Let's go back to uh, Psalm 21.7. I apparently lived, and there we go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm reemphasizing this word, fear not. Isaiah 41.10. I was in South Korea for an assignment, and I remember God put this on my heart because I was dealing with something in a matter that I needed the victory on. And I went to this scripture, and I stood on this, and I stood on this. Fear not, 
for thou art with me. Be not dismayed, I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And I got the victory, and I give God all the praise. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. 2 Timothy 1, 7. Again, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Praise you, Jesus. What do you do when you deal with a storm? What is the first thing you do? Number one, you calm yourself. You calm yourself because when you're full of anxiety, you can make wrong decisions. You calm yourself, and then you encourage yourself with the word. What does the word say about my situation? Because I've made this the bedrock of my life. I've made this my compass when I'm in that forest, and I need to get out of that forest. What's my compass say? I take this asthma 270 degrees west. I'm going this way. Thank you, Lord. You give me the direction. That's what the word will do for us. That's our guidance. So we encourage yourself. And I remember, I'm going to share a personal testimony. I was in San Diego, uh, one of the Naval Special Warfare Commands in San Diego, and I got a call from my mother. My mother, uh, I could hear the trembling of her lips of her mind on the other side of the phone. And she said, son, I want to let you know your father's been diagnosed with leukemia and he's been taken to a hospital. And I'm paraphrasing, it went something like this. But I said to her right there, I remember my first words to her, mom, calm yourself. What does the word say? By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. If two or more agree about anything, it shall be done for them by my father who is in heaven. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. It says, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, what does it, I'm going to divert momentarily. What does a curse mean? Galatians 3.13 says, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. It goes back to Deuteronomy 28. The curse was this. You Israelites, if you follow God, you get these blessings. But if you don't and you follow these idols, you got the curse. And the curse centered on sickness and disease, poverty and lack, and spiritual darkness. So fast forward to the new covenant. Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed me from that curse. In return, he gave me spiritual life. He gave me health for my body. Prosperity to meet my needs. But Christians need to know what they have. God has given it to us. Right, Clarence? Amen? That must be the amen corner right back, right back there. Christ has given us the victory. We've got it. But a lot of Christians don't realize what they have in Christ. This is where we become doers of the word. God, you said it. Even says in Isaiah, plead your case. State your cause so you may be proved right. God says, bring my word before me. So we're redeemed from the curse of the law. So I told my mother, don't, don't fear, mom. And I flew back and I went to the hospital. To make a long story short, he left the hospital leukemia free. He gets all the praise. God gets all the praise. Anytime you're blessed. It always comes from the hand of God. Always comes from the hand of God. Praise you, Jesus. And so many people today are confusing God and the devil. Let me say theology very clear to you. There's nothing bad in God. There's, no, there's nothing good in the devil. Don't confuse the two and you keep your theology right. God's getting a lot of bum raps for a lot of things he's not even involved in. Romans 8.31 Praise you, Jesus. Romans 8, 31. 
What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? Psalms 103.2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Whatever you need in salvation is there. Whatever you, and it, I, I'll even say it this way. If God didn't have it, he'll make it for you because he's awesome. He's the God who hung millions of stars on nothing. He's the same God who made the blood system of mankind, which is more complex than anything man has ever created, period. And anything man has created with a system was done by an intelligent mind. Hello? This is earth. Come in. The evidence of God is overwhelming. Why do those birds know how to fly thousands of miles and end up in the same place? Why does that spider web get spin with some symmetry and just remarkable, remarkable strength for that spider? Oh, 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 I'll tell you. We got an awesome God. He's an awesome God. So, uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. God, what do you mean by all? All thine heart and lean not on thy own understanding. Yeah, all understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. God, direct your paths. That's who our guidance is right there. He's got to be at the forefront of our lives. God, I seek you on this. I'm seeking your guidance. Stand strong and act in faith. Don't go by appearances or emotions, but act in accordance with what the word says. You see, I reemphasize that. There's a reason for it. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is a substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. One must hope and then believe in heart or spirit. Heart and spirit interchangeable here. God's word. This will generate substance. Mark 9.23. Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. God, what do you mean by all? Here you go again, using the word all. You mean all things are possible to him that believeth? Oh, how about Romans 4.20? He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. There it is. He staggered not. When you're out of faith, you're in unbelief. But we're strong in faith, giving glory to God. Don't be an unbeliever. Do you believe what you believe? Do you believe what you believe? Do you believe what you believe? Your actions will show it. Praise you, Jesus. I remember this story of, from a man of God some years back. I think it was San Diego that this occurred. I'm going to paraphrase it, but it went something like this, and you get the essence. There was this dirigible balloon with helium. A long rope was attached to the balloon. And there are a number of men just holding it down with a rope, keeping it down with a thick rope. But somehow the balloon got away, and it started to lift one by one, they start falling off the rope. But there's this one guy who held on. He didn't drop. And so the balloon gets higher up. How they got it down, I'm not totally sure, but they got it down in time. But while he was up there, and they saw he's getting higher up, they were thinking to themselves, or the ones that stayed and saw up to this man hanging on the rope, they started to be concerned about him. How can he hold on? Where's the strength in his arms? How can he hold on like that? Surely he's going to fall and die. How can he do that? They got it down. They rent to him. He was still on the rope. They ran over to him. How did you hold on like that? He says, when I realized I was rising further from the earth and it was too far to jump, I hitched the rope up 
put it around my waist, and I dangle for the ride. <laughs> the rope held me. I was at peace. All right, Disney World, you don't have to put in the dollars there. He's got a free ride. He don't need to go on your roller coaster. No. My point is the rope held him. we got to wrap ourselves in God's word, and God's word will hold us. Faith has two key features, believe and release. You believe in your heart and release through your words and corresponding actions. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24, whoever shall ascend to this mountain be taken up and cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believeth whatever he saith, believeth whatever he saith, believeth whatever he saith. Believe it, whatever he saith. Believe it, whatever he saith. Believe it, whatever he saith. It shall be granted him. Granted him. The next verse says, Therefore, all things which you pray that believe you have received them, and they shall be granted you. I want you to see Mark eleven twenty three. There's saith three times, and there's belief once. Get a revelation of that. Believe once, but you look at whoever shall say, and it says, and it continues on. It says that. Uh, is that believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He have whatever he saith. Three times saith and one time believe. Your words are important to the destiny of your life. Your words will guide you like the ocean of your life with the rudder on that ship being your tongue. Your words are essential. I know I gained a better understanding of this when I was hijacked in southern Lebanon and I'll, I'm going to give you a quick story on this just to make the point in reference to a spiritual principle I learned when I was overseas and I had an AK-47 being pointed toward my head. I was in a Naval Academy as an instructor assignment and I saw this billet come up or position and I wanted that position because I was a very young Christian, very young Christian in God. But there was a man of God. You men, raise your hands. Men, raise your hands in here. I'm thankful for a man of God spoken into my life as a very young Christian, and I encourage you to speak in the lives of many young men around you. You can be mentors. You can be educators. You can be teachers. You can be encouragers. Well, this man of God gave me scriptures to stand on because I was going overseas for my first time as a Navy lieutenant, and I got these words that I put in my heart, scriptures of God is my refuge. He's my protector. And things of that nature. And I remember going home before I went. I was on leave. My mother and others that were prone to worry. Son, there's a lot of turmoil in the Middle East. What's well, changed, folks? Change the spirit. Change the man. Don't change the spirit. Don't change the man. Politicians, look at things spiritually sometimes, please. The point is, my mother was saying some things that, that the devil wanted to use to get me to kind of go along with. Son, you might get hurt. You might not come back. I don't want you to go. And others might join then with her. But I said, Mom, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to come back safe. I'll be fine. I'll be okay. Fast story. I'm on a mobile patrol, and I've got a Swedish driver because it's a multinational group. We left. Uh, uh, he was a, a Marine Corps captain. He made two-star general. Major General in the Marine Corps, Gordy was a good guy. We left him at OP Mar, Observation Post Mar. And I was just you, new to that area, living in Nahari, Israel, working in southern Lebanon. And I had just gotten in there from Jordan. 
this was during this tour. I'm trying to make this quick. But what happened was we're going on a mobile patrol. The Swede knew the area, so he drove. I'm taking the handset for communication. We go through a checkpoint. I give information back to home base. We come up to this white vehicle. It's got the hood up. Three Arab-looking men are looking underneath the hood. We start coming around. By the way, this assignment didn't have weapons. We didn't have weapons as observers, and that's just the way it was. But I wanted the position because I wanted to see the Holy Land in my free time. I traveled and did whatever I could do and see and what I could see. And a lot of my travels I put in that book, Bulletproof. But, but, <clears throat> but I wanted that. And I had a flag of the United States, and they had, and Swede had a flag on his arm. So you had the flag of the country you came from. But we're coming around this vehicle, and all of a sudden three Arab-looking men jump out from underneath the hood of the vehicle, come running toward us with weapons. I've got an AK-47 being pointed toward my head shortly after I picked up the handset, tried to get some information out, but I know what this guy's telling me with his gun pointed toward me. We all get out of the vehicle, the Swede and myself. We start being marched down the side of a sloping hill into a ravine. And I'm thinking to the God, as I, I'm thinking, God, I'm, I, this is not supposed to be happening. And this ravine probably went 65, maybe 70 yards. It was that long. It was a slight slope and just kept running down. And this, this isn't right. And I'm communicating to God. I'm, I'm probably thinking of Psalms 91 and other. I'm just thinking, Lord, I'm believing for your protection. Make a long story short, they didn't shoot us. We lost our vehicle. But I fast forward when another man, Lieutenant Colonel Rich Higgins, was hijacked in a similar area with the same unit. They showed pictures of his dead body throughout the United States in the news media and newspapers, and television. I'm not saying what Rich Higgins' situation was. I'm not going there. I'm just focusing on myself because when I got back to the States and I started reading more of the Bible and I started looking at the Scripture, I looked and I realized this is what that Scripture was saying in reference to me. As a young Christian, I didn't know I was learning a spiritual principle. That meaning that is, I, I, I set my protection before I even left the United States for that moment with my tongue. Your tongue will be the destiny of your life. What are you saying? Are you, is your tongue aligning with a situation and appearances or is it aligning with the Word of God? We don't go by appearances. Your tongue will steer your life. You see, it says three times there. Belief once. There's something to that point, folks. You've got to say things. Remember the Spirit of God brooded over the earth, and God spoke, and light came into being, and life came into being when God brooded over the earth in the formation? That same Spirit dwells in you. There's power and authority in you. You're His hands and His feet. You represent the King of kings. And there's power in what you decree and ordain. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. When I was first in Afghanistan, uh, a period of time, we told our units, get out of the kill zone. What I mean by that, if you got fire, as soon as you get fire, if you're in a vehicle, you put your foot on that pedal and you get out. Make it instantaneous, like a standard operating procedure. Get out of the kill zone. I remember... There was one German patrol for another unit in Kabul, and they had this procession going through Kabul. A vehicle comes into his, his alignment. He gets out of the vehicle he was in, and he starts to deal with the situation, and another vehicle comes in from the other side. 
boom, that German put himself in the kill zone. I remember we had one, one individual that I had gone through training before we went overseas. He was about a half a second from being put in the kill zone. He went through a path, and apparently the Taliban, somebody was watching him. And when he hit a certain point, an IED, his uh, improvised explosive device, went off. And the engine block absorbed the blast. About a half a second later, he'd have been in the kill zone. He got through and out of the car, but he kept his life. The uh, Taliban had a tactic in Afghanistan where we lost a lot of lives. They were targets of opportunity. What happens would be they would go up on a higher hillside, and there's a lot of rugged terrain in Afghanistan. And so you had rockets or mortars being launched inside the perimeter of the camps. They were looking for targets of opportunity. And what would happen before the helicopter gunships could scramble, they'd do a, a, a number of, of, of volleys, and then they'd get out before the gunships would try to find them. What I'm trying to say to you is, it was targets of opportunity. And I know I came out of the chow hall one time, instead of going that way, it went this way. When mortars or rockets started to come into the camp, if I'd gone that way, I'd have been in the kill zone. And what happens today is, the devil puts us in the kill zone, or we allow ourselves to be put in the kill zone when we get into doubt, when we get into fear, when we get into unbelief. If you're not getting answers to your prayers, too, I'm going to highlight this to you. Number one, check your heart in reference to unforgiveness. Are you walking in unforgiveness? Number two, are you walking out of love? Number three, are you walking in doubt, unbelief, and fear? Fear is a spirit. Guess where it comes from? Not from God. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Thank you, Jesus. Only believe. Only believe. Pastor Norm, can I come down here? All right. I know, I know we're being picked up. Okay. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. You crazy old man, Noah. You've been building that boat for years. Say it's going to rain. You believe God. You crazy old man. No, no, let us in. Let us in. Oh, this water's just building now. It's building. You believe God. We didn't. Let us in, Noah. Let us in. Too late. Too late. Too late. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. I'm Joshua and I'm Caleb. God says we can take this land. Oh, no, no, no. We other. We're the majority. We're the majority. We're the ten spies who say no. We're as grasshoppers in their sight. We can't. We cannot do it. We cannot do it. And what did the people say? Would we have not died in Egypt or the wilderness? And God didn't say it this way, but Maybe in a paraphrased version, this is not Burger King, but since that's how you want it, you can have it your way. <laughs> what did they believe? That unbelief, and they expressed it. Would we have not died in Egypt? Would we have not died in the wilderness? Okay, you can have 40 years, you can die in the wilderness. That's what you believe for, that's what you're saying. Joshua and Caleb, they're going to go in the promised land. Now I encourage you to get behind Pastor Norm. And the vision he has for this community and beyond. Get behind him and link shields. 
get behind him. Because, you see, Joshua and Caleb, they got in the promised land, but the unbelief of those others kept them 40 years from entering sooner. Praise you, Jesus. Only believe, only believe, all things are possible. Only believe. Am I a dog? You come to me with sticks? I curse you by the names of my gods. Come to me and I'll feed your body to the fowls of the air and the beast on the earth. You come to me with spear, sword, and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, of the armies of the living God, who today you have defied. Come to me and I'll take your head from your body and I'll feed the carcasses of the Philistines to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the earth and they'll be known that there is a God in Israel and he gets the victory. And David said, and David said, and David said, no, Mr. Devil, it's not going to be this way. This is how it's going to be. And David said, he knew he had a covenant with the living God. Just shortly before that point, he made a comment to let people know that Goliath don't have a covenant, but I do. And God is a covenant-keeping God. Only believe, only believe, all things are possible. Only believe. Jesus, there's a lot of people in this crowd. What do you mean somebody touched you? Somebody touched me. Oh, power left me. Uh, Master, it was I. It was I. I've had this issue of blood, but I knew if I touched your garment, I would be healed. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Has anybody said faith been done away with? Some people today might say healing's been done away with, but if her faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole. All things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Son of David. Son of David, have mercy on me. Sit down, Bartimaeus. Sit down. He's going by. Son of David. Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, he's calling you. Bartimaeus, go. He's calling you. He's calling you. And what would you have me do for you that I would receive my sight? Be it unto you, your faith has made you whole. God is not a respecter of persons. What would you have me do for you? And what would you have God do for you? You see, Bartimaeus got Jesus' attention because when he said, Son of David, he was recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. Do you recognize him as your Messiah? He's not a respecter of persons. What do you want from God? If it's in the word, you've already got it. If you have a covenant with a living God, he's not a respecter of persons. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Realize that God does not change. Malachi 3 6 says, Malachi 3 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Acts 10, I'm going through quickly. 10, 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. What he did for Bartimaeus, he'll do for you. Jesus healed time and time and time again those that came to him. God delivered time and time again. Daniel in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Jewish people from the schemes of Haman. And do it again, Lord, for our nation. Like Haman. Pull the rope on them. Joshua and Caleb, because they trusted, came into the promised land. Joseph, because he trusted, rose to power in Egypt. David, because he trusted, slew a giant. What Jesus did for others, he'll do for you. Jesus was in the disciples' boat, and he calmed the storm. Jesus is in your boat, and he'll calm your storm and bring you to safe harbor because he is not a respecter of persons. I'm going through quickly. Bear with me. Psalms 34, 17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord heareth. And delivereth them out of all their troubles. There you go again, God, using the word all. <laughs> Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Whoa! I see that word all oftentimes. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. I need two volunteers. Two, vol two volunteers. Brother, what's your name? Jim, Jim come on up here. Okay, I need, I got a, okay, we'll just use this for example. I need you guys to face this way. Okay, all right. Now, what's your name? Laura. Laura and Jim. Laura and Jim. Laura, I'm going to ask you to give that book to Jim. Okay. Now, Laura, I want you to give that book to me. Huh? Well, wait a minute. Can you give me, can you give me just part of the page? Can you give me two pages? Can you give me one page? Can you give me the cover? Nope. You don't have any of it? Nope. Nothing? It's all gone. Okay. But you got to reach it back, right? Right. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys help me. Now let me explain. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all, 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 all. Can we say all? All. all your anxiety on the Lord because he cares for you. You notice when I ask Laura, give it to me. What happens is we need to give it to God. Whatever situation you got, it says cast all. And remember, if you're not in peace, you're not in faith. What happens is we give it to God, but the next day we reach back and pull it down. See what Laura started to do? Reach back, pull it back. Right, Laura? You walked into my example. Okay? She's going to pull it back. That's what we do. The next day we want to pull it back, and we're walking throughout the week. God, when are you going to answer my prayer? And you're full of anxiety. Even though you say, I'm believing, you, you don't have peace, and you're walking back and forth, and God's looking down and saying, well, when are you going to give it to me? You still have it. A doer of the word says, I got to give it to him. Now, if you don't have it and you don't have peace, give it to him. You may have to give it to him again and again. But you get that scripture, meditate on it, mutter it, whatever, get it into your heart where you believe that you believe. Praise you, Jesus. Jim and Laura, thank you for your help. Remember, you have a blood covenant if you're in Christ Jesus, and your actions matter. I'm taking a little rabbit trail here. Remember Paul and Silas with a Philippian jailer? It led actually to America becoming a Christian nation. You see, your actions matter no matter where you go. Commonly, I walk through stores. I pump gas. I look for people. I got little smileys. I give them smile. Jesus loves you. These are little tracks. I'll be in airports. I give them to people. There are no insignificant days with God. And I'm encouraging you to live every day for the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Live your life. This is something for somebody in here. Live your life without regret. Don't live in the past or you forfeit your future. No. It's under the blood. When the devil wants to remind you, no, it's under the blood, devil. Be gone. It has been said, if you don't have a purpose you would die for, you don't have a life worth living. In days ahead, we must ensure an intimate relationship with God. We must serve God with our whole heart, 
We must walk in holiness, righteousness, and obedience by the grace of God. We must be quick to repent and walk in, and walk in forgiveness. We must be sanctified and committed to his work. We must resist the devil and temptation with the word of God. We must have regular prayer times personally and with church family. We must walk in a life of praise, worship, and thanksgiving. We must read our Bible daily and develop faith in the inner man. No deposit, no return. You got to put the word in here. The word of God is very good to put here. Leave the weeds out, but put good stuff there. And that's the word of God. Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to have to wrap up here soon, but I want to highlight this to you. Howard Pittman, if you don't get anything else from this today, get this, please. Please listen. People have different testimonies. But Howard Pittman, I think it was 3 August 1979, he's a Christian. He's on his back. He's have a heart condition. His spirit left his body. Whether you believe he experienced this or not, I just want to share his story, his testimony. He says his spirit was standing outside heaven's gates, and during this particular period of time, he watched people that died on planet Earth, 50 people go through heaven's gates. But Father God wanted Howard to get something else he wasn't getting. And Howard said, you know, God, and God conveyed to him, Howard, what you don't understand is another 1,950 people died on planet Earth during that particular period of time. Where did they go, Howard? Where did they go, Howard? 2.5% of the people that went through heaven's gates, 97.5% did not. Where did they go, Howard? They went to hell. Howard came back to his body, his spirit, the real him, and the real you is your spirit. You live in your body. When you're born again, your spirit's reborn, but you've got to renew the soul, the mind, the intellect, the emotions, which is where you've been trained in the ways of the world, and you've got to renew it with the word of God. And you live in your body. That's your third part. But Howard's spirit came back in his body, and Howard became fervent. No longer with lukewarm be in his vocabulary. We all have to be. No, he, he became fervent living for God. We all have to be fervent for God. This is not the time to play cat and mouse games with our Christianity and our service to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. This is a time to be fervent, committed. You make a difference. Paul is silent. You know what brings God on the scene too? If you've got a situation you need God on the scene, exorbitant praise and worship. Paul and Silas in a dank prison. These weren't the kind today where you have television. No, this was a dank prison. Midnight hour. Because they're praising and worshiping God. Those shackles came free. He led the Philippian jailer to Christ. His family became believers. From the gospel of Philippi, it went to Europe and from Europe to America. Oh, yeah. Every day can matter in some life, some way, shape, and form. Don't take your time flippantly. When God, the Holy Spirit, puts things on your heart to do things, you move and be obedient to the Lord. I'll share this testimony with Jerry Lee Shore. This will encourage you. Please, this will encourage you. Pastor Jerry Lee Shore, he's a pastor in Illinois. He was 36 years old at the time. And Jerry said he was in the room where his mother was about to enter eternity. She's about to go on. She's up in her older years. And Jerry says vividly he's allowed to see in the spiritual realm. He's about 66, 67. Today he's a pastor. But Jerry said he all of a sudden reacted Hallelujah, hallelujah. And somebody, a relative from down the hall comes running. What's the matter with you, Jerry? And Jerry said, I saw in the spiritual realm, I saw my mother just lift from her body. His mother came, her spirit came out of her body. And Jerry said vividly, Jerry's a very practical guy. 
I've encouraged Jerry. You need to share that with more people, Jerry. It'll encourage people because testimonies can encourage faith. And Jerry said his mother's spirit lifted from her body. He's looking vividly, very clearly. And it's a real today as it was yesterday because spiritual things do not grow old. And Jerry said he saw his mother turn to him. Her face became brilliant, youthful in appearance, radiant, smiling at Jerry. And then Jerry said he saw Jesus lifted by the hand. Jesus turned his head toward Jerry, smiled, took his mother into eternity. I said, Jerry, you need to share that more with more people. Sarah, where are you, please? Please. Thank you, Jesus. Sarah's going to help me here. Praise you, Jesus. There's a cause, folks. We have a cause. Is there not a cause? David approached the Israelites. And while you're getting ready, just go ahead and start playing softly, please. David approached, I'm reading from my yellow book, Is There Not a Cause? David approached the Israelites that were gathered in Ballarat, and when he heard Goliath's taunts, he had much to say. Is there not a cause to take a stand against this Philistine who is a heathen man? He has no covenant with God and curses God's name. Why does the army of the Lord stand here in shame? God is with us and sees his taunts. Why does Israel condone these audacious flaunts? David went forth and conquered his foe, even though the others refused to go. Is there not a cause in our era of life to take a bold stand for our Lord Jesus Christ? Is there not a cause to get on fire and do his work with godly desire? Is there not a cause and serve him well so that others may be saved from hell? And I say to you, there is a cause. Nothing is more noble in this life than to share the gospel with somebody. Nothing. You can have a PhD in the wall, $5 million in the bank, but there'll be no U-Haul trailer behind your hearse. You can't take it with you, but what you can't take with you is the things you did for his kingdom as you stored up into heaven. Folks, it's all about Jesus. If you miss Jesus, you miss it all. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and raised from the dead for your justification, you shall be saved. The heart man believes until righteousness and with confession is made, resulting in salvation. There's a spiritual principle again, folks. Believe and say with your mouth. And with confession is made, resulting in salvation. If you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, Savior of your life, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you right now. I know we have a lot of Christians in here, but if there could be someone here right now that if you have not made Jesus, if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand and we'll do it right now and you can leave here. I can give you story after story of people I prayed for and they said something lifted, something lifted. And I say, I remember Abdul in Juba, Sudan, when I prayed for him. His father was a Muslim. When Abdul prayed along Romans 10, 9 and 10 line, he said, something lifted, Michael. And I said, God just imparted eternal life to your spirit, Abdul. He didn't feel the same. A burden lifted, and he left a different man. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the day of salvation. Paul and I just ministered in Chesapeake, Virginia. On the way back from one service, we were doing a revival. We saw a man lying on the pavement. A motorcycle accident. He was in eternity. Where was he now? Where was he now? Was he part of the 2.5% that went through heaven's gates? No. I don't know. I can't say. 
I can't say I didn't know. But I know now is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand and you can know it now. You can be right with God and you'd be glad you did. It would be the greatest decision you ever make. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Sister, I'm just going to ask. Are you praying or raising your hand? Okay, praise God. Just raise your hand. We're, we're getting ready to close, but just raise your hand, please. Bear with me. All right. If you know, just look up to me. Just look up. We'll just do this. If you know if you die tonight, you'd go to heaven, can you raise your hand based on God's word? Can you raise your hand? I'm going to just, just scan. Bear with me, please. Raise your hand if you know you go to heaven based on God's word. Praise you, Jesus. Sister, how about you? Yeah. I'm sorry? Okay. Well, just stand with me. Anybody over here? I saw. Sir? If you passed away, did you raise your hand? If you passed away tonight, would you go to heaven? You would? Okay. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Can I pray with you right now? Can I? Can I have you stand up? As we're praying, I'm just going to pray a prayer. Have you prayed to receive Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior before? Okay. You haven't. Okay, then maybe I misunderstood you. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay, put your hands toward her. We're going to pray for her. Father, in the name, what's your name? Okay, may I ask you that? Is that okay? Melissa? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up Melissa right now. We just pray for her, dear God. Based on the word of God, based on the word of God, just reveal to yourself even more so the hope of her calling, the hair she has in you, and the power of the Holy Spirit through her. Reveal to her this evening when she puts her head on that pillow the deep love you have for her. I pray, dear God, for her to get a revelation in a deeper way and just receive you at your word, the deep love you have for her, and that she has eternal destiny in you. By your grace, she's been saved. She's received you as Lord and Savior. I just pray, dear God, you just convict her even more in reference to her heart. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God loves you. You can take him at his word. Melissa, he loves you with a great love. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, I, I, I've got to close. I've got to close here, folks. Praise you, Jesus. But I just want to encourage you. I, I, I could give you more. I just have to stop. Praise you, Jesus. My heart just reaches out to everyone here because I want you to be fulfillment of the destinies God has for each and every one here. So I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray a prayer for the church, and I'll sit down. Father, for every person in here, I pray you'll reveal to us all, including myself and Paulette, even more so, the hope of our calling, the inheritance we have in you, and the power to work by the Holy Spirit through us. Continue to reveal us with the depth of height of your love. And I praise you for it, dear God, for what you're doing in our lives. Help us to fulfill the destinies you have for each person in here, dear God. Now I want you to put your hands toward Pastor Norm. And Pastor Barbara, is she here or not? All right. 
Well, she's with you. you. Two or one, right? Father, we pray for Pastor Norm right now. We pray, dear God, for what you put in this man, the vision you put in his heart for this church and this community. We pray for this vision to be fulfilled. We pray, dear God, you bring in other laborers for the harvest to be co-laborers with him for the work of the gospel. Bring in the finances for everything you put on this man's heart to be accomplished. Make it so, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray a blessing over this church, and we speak increase. We speak, dear God, for you and your will and purposes to move here. This church is a deliverance station. It's a healing station. It's a salvation station. It's a station that is a beacon of light to the community beyond. May this light burn strong and bright, and may others come under the direction of that light and find the light of Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you're doing through this man, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, we're closing. I would say, if I may, can I have, all right, anybody needs prayer for anything, come on up, we'll get prayer. If not, you're dismissed. And I know there's a great potluck after.